It's nearly Halloween and we're getting close to the beginning of Baseline Feed's third season. In the meantime, to get in the mood, here is one of CM Peter's story, inspired by a news clip she saw long ago. May we present Welcome Home. This funeral home turned motel was creepy. That's where I decided to work and live when I came to town. Great idea, right? The locals never came to the motel unless they needed a cheap happy hour. Motel 95 was the preferred watering hole for desperate travelers and thrifty customers. Its past labeled it as a last resort funeral home for a violent or shameful deaths. I'd never seen anything strange, so I watched TV, checked the security cameras, and played on my phone most nights. Nothing too hard for a lazy man like me. Things started going to hell a few weeks after working here, and the dead season began. It was a Monday night. I remembered it like it was yesterday. I just sat down and put on a slasher movie when I saw a flash go through one of the camera feeds. I frowned and tapped the monitor. <sighs> Probably another glitch. It happened again. The shape looked like it could be someone, so I headed up the stairs. We didn't have any customers at the moment, so I thought it could be a drifter or vagrant. The hall was empty, and the light fixture in the middle kept buzzing and flashing. I made a mental note to leave a message for the owner. Crystalline laughs came from the end of the hall. I've moved forward, intrigued. There were two doors open, rooms 135 and 136. They weren't supposed to be. I moved to close them, but a child ran in front of me, going from one room to the other. Hey, you're not supposed to be here. It's not a place to play. I wondered what the hell a kid was doing here in the first place. There were no squatters of any age allowed in the abandoned rooms. First, I looked into room 135 and didn't see anything. I peered into room 136, and a stench wafted over me as if the room was still a funeral prep room. My stomach heaved, and my eyes burned from the acrid smell. I opened my eyes and saw the kid standing on the windowsill. He let out a distorted sound between a laugh and a scream that sent chills along my spine. Get away from there, eh? You're going to hurt yourself. I ran to the window and tried to grab his arm but missed. I ended up falling two stories for my efforts. Ah, shit. Oh, fuck. I'm one lucky motherfucker. Guess someone's watching over me even with my shady past. I rose slowly, testing my limbs. They all worked. My neck hurt a little, but I had leeway on both sides when I turned my head. I was still a bit dizzy, but nothing else hurt. I didn't see any signs of the kid, so I headed back inside the office. <laughs> Guess I imagined him. I saw the owner's car when I made it around to the entrance and freaked. Yeah, I was gonna lose my job for sure. I hurried to my post only to find him already there, looking over the camera and my papers. Hey, hey boss. Uh, sorry I wasn't here when you got here. Had a little accident. 
I was about to explain the rest, but he pushed past me with nothing more than a grunt. I shrugged. I wasn't fired, so I didn't care. I tidied up, grabbed my stuff, saw my shift was over, and headed upstairs. Not only did I work at Motel 95, but I also lived here too. I flopped into bed and fell asleep once my head hit the pillow, but it didn't last. I awoke in a cold sweat. I wouldn't have cared about the sounds at any other motel, but I knew I had no neighbors. It wasn't the kind of moaning you'd hear on Skinamax, but more like the moan you'd hear from someone being tortured and gagged. No one was on the third floor but me. The owner had condemned it since he was too lazy to fix the upper floor rooms. I hurried to get dressed and went to investigate. My feet felt frozen. In my rush, it never occurred to me to put on shoes. I regretted it soon enough when I stepped into a pool of blood and skidded a few feet down the hall. I had to catch myself on a ramp. What the fuck? I looked down at the blood. It was dark from the lack of lighting. I couldn't make anything out but odd shapes. My untrained eyes followed the gurgles of liquid beneath the door. I could see where the blood was pooling. I managed to find my footing but didn't open the door. I suddenly felt embodied by a superhero and decided to ram the door. What I found on the other side was worse than I'd ever imagined. Oh, fuck. Blood soaked the carpet, and every step I took made a squelching sound. I made my way to the bathroom and found the tub filled with a mixture of blood, water, and a naked body. I ran to the nightstand to use the room phone, only to see there was none. Of course, the rooms up here weren't set up for guests. I hurried back towards my room to grab my cell phone when I heard a blood-curdling scream. Someone else was in the room. I'm coming! The carpet was dirty in the room, but not bloody anymore, and the tub was empty. There was no gushing blood or water. I'm going crazy, I swear, eh? I rubbed my eyes, felt my thumping heart calm down, and decided to head back to my room. I flopped back in the bed. I lay awake for some time, wondering what the hell was going on with this place. I knew the motel's reputation. I didn't care so much when I arrived because I had shit to think about. Besides, running from the law left me mentally exhausted. I dragged myself down the stairs and into the office. The boss was already gone. I sat in my spot, turned on the TV, and checked the camera. Nothing to report. The computer was on, and the boss left a note on a post-it by the screen that said, Check with authorities. My heart skipped a beat. He knew my past had come back to haunt me. I leaned forward to read what he'd seen, only to let out a groan. I face-palmed. It wasn't about me or my criminal past. It was about the historical past of the motel. The article was dated seven years ago, entitled Old Haunted Funeral Home to be Renovated into a Motel. I blinked a few times and let out a laugh. I wasn't crazy. What I'd seen and heard so far were apparently not figments of my imagination. <sighs> Great Oaks Funeral Home, owned through five generations of the 
Davis family. Closed 13 years ago due to the family owing back taxes. Local businessman Jake Willerman, known for his renovation of the Percy Market, bought the funeral home from the bank and has plans to convert it into a motel. The motel hadn't been open that long, but the motel, much like the Percy Market, didn't have a good reputation. The health and building inspectors quickly noticed the bugs, critters, and general cleanliness issues. It only seemed desperate souls rented rooms anymore. I was one of those desperate souls, on the run and in need of cash. I was a murderer. Not how I'd planned my life, but it happened. I've been running ever since. I looked at the pictures of the funeral home with the article. The office was situated above the main preparation room from what I could figure. I followed the ventilation shaft to the cremation chimney and then toward the external water tank. How many people prepared for their last journey in this place? I swiveled on the chair thinking about what had happened earlier. Was I just too tired? I needed to sleep, I told myself. I glanced outside, still no one was in sight, but it was early. I went to lean back in the chair and that's when I noticed files printed and stacked on the desk. All of them were excerpts of newspaper articles about the funeral home through the years. Lynch mob in 1923, the murder of a five-year-old, hanging of black men by the KKK, a suicide pact in the 90s. Jesus Christ, this place is creepy for a reason. Then I came across an article about the motel in the early 2010s. A gritty murder had taken place on the third floor of the motel. A man slashed his mistress's throat then killed himself. Was that where all the blood was from? I continued reading the papers. The very last one gave me a hot flash. The picture, though very blurry, was next to the headline, Wanted for Grizzly Murder. He could be in the area soon. There was a post-it on this paper, too. It simply read, Check with police in the morning. He wanted to turn me in, that asshole. He was waiting for me to be asleep. There was no time to waste. I ran to the door and opened it into a massive gust of wind. Leaves rustled and thunder rolled. The temperature dropped and I was colder than ever. I had escaped from a Canadian winter to hide here, so I know real cold. Come. Come to us. We need you. Who's there? Come. I didn't want to, but I couldn't resist. I followed the voice deeper inside the motel. My heart thundered inside my chest as I climbed the basement stairs. I'd never been down here before. The smell was disgusting, as if embalming liquid still bubbled in jars on the counter. There was nothing left of the old funeral home except the huge corpse fridge. Then I heard the voice again, followed by a child's laughter. The sounds led me back upstairs and towards room 136. I caught a glimpse of the kid as he swerved by me and ran through the closed door of room 135. I had no doubt in my mind that this place was haunted. Any other person would have ducked and run, but I was surprised at how cool I was with it. Sure, I was a little scared, but I had seen worse. I decided to leave the kid alone and let the kid play. Have fun. Don't fall out the window again. My paranoia died down, and I made my way back down to the office. The mysterious ghoulish voice and strange noises stopped leaving me with a boring night. Once I had thought I heard strange voices on the night, 
but everything remained quiet. I finished the night by watching a couple of movies, catching up on some much needed rest. It was another night with no customers. I went back to my room before the owner arrived at the crack of dawn. It was payday today and he'd be grumpy as usual. Rattling chains woke me up in the middle of the afternoon. At first I thought they were further away toward the parking lot, but the noises sounded directly outside my room. I dressed quickly and sprinted toward the hallway. A petite woman had chains around her ankles and wrists as she tried to make it to the end of the hall. She was moaning and stumbling the whole way. Ma'am? Anything wrong? Ma'am? Anything wrong? I gasped in horror when she turned. She'd been shot and half her face was missing. She dripped blood everywhere as her head slowly shifted from one side to the other. I figured she was trying to communicate, but I couldn't see how I'd understand. Inarticulate sounds came out her mouth, but not a single understandable word. I backed away slowly, and she didn't try to follow. Come to us. We need you. A shiver ran down my spine, and I was ready to head back to my room. I ended up bumping into what I thought was a wall, only it wasn't a wall. It was a man. A mountain of a man. I slowly looked up and was face to face with the biggest guy I'd ever seen in my life. I immediately recognized him. Oh shit! Max, but man, I, I'm sorry. It, it was an accident. He couldn't speak properly. I shoved a pipe through his throat. I didn't want or need to hear any more. I went around him and ran down the stairs, escaping outside. I tried the office door. It was locked tight. What the hell? I don't remember locking the door when I left. The neon open sign was off and the owner's car wasn't there. I ran toward the back of the motel, knowing that beyond the algae-filled pool was another exit. Max had other ideas. He was blocking my way. The pipe stuck out from his throat and dripped with blood. His eyes were all black. He looked possessed. Max! <laughs> Max! Come on, man. It was a year ago. Surely... You have better things to do now. Kill you. My only options were to unlock the door or fight Max. Fight a ghost? I let out a nervous laugh. <laughs> I had no clue what to do. I saw Max move closer. His impressive stature slowed his demeanor. I ducked to his right side and ran up to my room. I'd gather my things and leave before he'd make it up here. I glanced back as I rounded the corner and saw Max had disappeared. My nervous laugh returned. <laughs> I remembered the last time I saw Max. We were working together on a ranch and never got along. He was strong but dumb, and I never let him forget it. One day he ended up charging me in a blind rage after too many insults. I grabbed the closest thing, a pipe, and threw it at him. I heard horrible gurgling sounds as he tipped over. I knew he was gonna die, so I ran. I hadn't stopped running till I came to this shit motel. 
Now it was time to move on. I didn't feel like getting haunted by this dumb sack of potatoes. I grabbed my stuff, packed it in my always ready to army duffel bag, and went downstairs. I left a note to the owner, and as I put it down, a new paper clipping caught my eye. Murder on the loose. I frowned. It was my picture by the title. And it was clear this time. He definitely knew. I never liked that guy anyway. He was an asshole. No way I'm going to jail. I crumpled the note and threw it away. It was useless to wipe my prints from the place. They were all over. I decided to go out the back, through the defunct spa area, and push the emergency exit open. I tiptoed around the back of the motel and saw something in the dark by the brick wall. My hair stood on end when I stopped by the form. It was me. My neck was at an odd angle. My hips twisted, my arm broken. My eyes were open and gloomy. Flies roamed around my body. I looked up and realized it was exactly where I'd fallen a few days ago. The fall from room 136 killed me. I'd just been haunting the motel, just like all the others, for I don't know how long. I turned around to see Max, the laughing child, the chained woman, and about a hundred other ghosts smiling at me. stuck between a rock and a hard place, are we? Thank you to actors Eric Phones, Siggor, and Arthur Unk. Production and musical arrangements by CM Peters. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and if you really love us, become a patron on Patreon. And as always, join us on Discord for a lot more fun. Much love from the Baseline Feed Team.